Welcome everyone back to the Sanderlanch. This week we are covering Mistborn, The Final Empire, chapters 32, 33, 34. I am Dak, and with me as always is... Joe. Jamie. And Data. And in this series of chapters, some serious stuff goes down. This is where <laughs> things start to get pretty dark. Uh, you know, we think Marsh might be dead, and then at the end, Kelsier gets Sean Beaned, so... <laughs> oh, God. He had, he, had his, he had his head stark <laughs> moment. Um, all right, so strap in and get ready for these particularly brutal chapters. The Santa Lanch is about to begin. My revolution carries me in a moment lost in Yeah, so these three chapters were were definitely something. Uh, what did you guys think? And did you agree with my supposition last episode that you would be really grateful that I didn't make you stop after chapter thirty three? <laughs> yeah, these chapters were action packed, and yes, it would have been very difficult to stop if uh, we were not able to read that third chapter. Uh, a lot of stuff happens, you know. Marsh looks like he's pretty dead. Kelsier's upset about that. He, I was so shocked. As you would be his, about your brother. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was so shocked when the next move for him was to destroy the pits of Hathson crystals. I was like, whoa, that's weird. I never thought about that. Which, you know, makes sense. It's like, why why hasn't an Alamancer thought to do that before? But I guess maybe they didn't know about the pits. And then Kelsier looks like he's dead, but I've got some predictions I'm saving up for the end on that one, so... Ooh, okay. Yeah, these chapters, they definitely were as action-packed as I think we wanted and needed at this point. It was nice to see a little bit of Kelsia, you know, doing some good things, visiting people and spreading spreading hope, I guess. But I was like, oh, no, <laughs> this is all going to end very badly very soon. And, yep, <laughs> sure did. <laughs> so, yes, thank you for letting us read three chapters, not two. I got to the end of the second chapter we read and I was like, yep, <laughs> that's right. Um, but yeah, once again, very good chapters. I'm very excited to see what comes next. And yeah, also just really sad. <laughs> yeah, there. it's it's so sad that uh, Joe texted me in the middle of the week to be like, man, the end of part four is really sad. And I'm not used to like we, we've never talked outside the show about the the book since we want to save yeah. it all for the, for the show. And so he, he said the end of part four is sad. And my first thought was like, part four of what? We were talking about <laughs> we're talking about Food Wars that episode. Maybe he means Food Wars chapter four. And so uh, but yeah, no, it's it's sad. Yeah, we I, we both got to reading the book. We got to the end of these chapters like last week after we finished recording pretty much. And then we both just went. We're gonna to need to read these again before we before we start <laughs> recording next week because holy shit, yeah, full on. I have thoughts about both Marsh and Kelsier, which we'll get to with predictions as well. But yeah, this is, there's a lot of shit going on, and this is where we finally got our first glimpse of the Lord Ruler, and apparently he's just Joseph yep. Gordon Levitt. <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of see that actually. Well, except that, like a little more muscular than Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, and with a damn fancy suit. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of. It. I was like. Classy looking Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. <laughs> so, 
speaking of suits, the uh, as we get into these chapters, the first uh, the first epigraph we have is talking about the terrorismen and how they they resent the clinium, but they're actually also kind of jealous and stuff. So they uh, they talk about how nice the stained glass cathedrals of Clenny are, and the terrorismen have started wearing suits well-tailored gentlemen's suits instead of their normal furs and skins and such. So, Hmm, what could that mean? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then we start getting into things, and we start off with uh, Vin goes to talk to Spook while he's on lookout, and Keep Hasting is being attacked. Apparently, uh, just different soldiers are attacking different people every night. It, this war seems really weird and kind of, and just... She even they even make a note. It's like they just they seem to attack at night as if maybe they don't want to bother the Lord Ruler too much with the war in the middle of the streets in the day. Uh, but uh, she gets a little lesson in tin, which we kind of discounted the possibility last week. But that was good. Except when I was like, oh, no, Spook's going to teach her about tin. Oh, <laughs> are we going to know anything <laughs> about tin by the time we finish this? <laughs> he did well, though. He did well. <laughs> She still had to translate, but yeah. <laughs> got there. Thank goodness, but. <laughs> and she uh, she did something that I thought, wow, she actually had a lot of tact in that situation. She let him down easy, finally. She's like, you know, I know you gave me this handkerchief, but and I know Ellen told me he doesn't want me, but I still love him. And Spook's like, I understand. It was, it was a nice moment. She She's become a much more tactful person, I feel like. He takes it pretty well, yeah, and... I'm kind of glad that they address this instead of just leaving it hanging. Although, honestly, by the time you get here in the book, I've kind of forgotten that that whole little side bit happened. But I'm glad that they kind of wrapped it up a bit. Yeah. Just like two adults actually talk to each other like adults and like everything went very smoothly. Like, when does that happen in this book? <laughs> I was just like, oh, that was a really sweet moment. Spook's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> This is just what I'm expecting of this book now. They have a nice moment. It's like, gone. Bye. <laughs> so then Kelsier shows up, and they have a fun little... Uh, he's like, man, I gotta, we got to find a better way to let people know we're coming on these things, because <laughs> people are about to fall off every time I show up. Not that he'll have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> oh. oh, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they mention, uh, Vin mentions kind of, or just thinks to herself that... They bought Cliss's silence. So we talked about before when Cliss was kind of blackmailing her, Dak was like, yeah, we'll see how that works out for her. But apparently they paid her off. This actually made me a bit angry. I was like, what? Come on. That was the, you couldn't do anything other than that. Like a house war's going on. She's like, if you just make her disappear, even if you don't kill her, if you just kidnap her, it's like not going to look out of place. No one will think it's you. So they had a mm. golden opportunity just to, like she's complaining about, Vin's complaining about the expense. I'm just like, you didn't have to spend anything. That's a really good point. I mean, it's not like Kelsey are scared to bump off some noblemen every now and then. So uh, it makes you wonder why they didn't take her out. They go off because they're going to have another meeting with Marsh. But on the way, Kelsier stops off and sees some ska. And apparently in the bit that we get with Spook, they're like, oh, yeah, they're attacking House Hasting. And then they show up at this place and uh, the people are like, oh, it's Kelsier. Oh, my gosh, the survivor, the Lord of the Mists. And he's like, House Hastings. Yeah, that's that is a new one. He's like, House Hastings fell tonight, and he kind of wants them to be happy about this. He's like, You're, you, you guys won't die, be being beaten on by the Hastings taskmasters for a while at least. And they're like, But who's gonna feed us? 
which, yeah, that's uh, important. And he's like, I'll bring some food as much as I can or whatever. And he tells Vin that he's, he visits a couple of these groups uh, a night just to break up the monotony of uh, messing with noblemen. So that's kind of a cool Kelsier thing that we uh, hadn't seen before, but that he's apparently been doing for a while. I imagine that, you know, how um, dramatic and things Kelsier is, this is probably something that would have kept him grounded, but because no one knew he was doing it, they just think he's just gone out of control. So I did like this. Yeah, and I mean, clearly, there's to some degree, it's also building up his reputation with the Ska, which is something people have had an issue with, but mm. uh, they've got a new name for him even, a new uh, appellation or whatever, but... I, it's still nice. He's taking food to these people who need food a couple times, uh, a couple different groups a night. So, well, Doxon at least must know about it because later on he's talking about, yeah, we don't have much money left. We'll have even less if, if Kelsey just keeps giving it away to people. That's true. Doxon knows something about what's going on. Yep. And then they go to see Marsh, and uh, they find a body and a whole lot of blood. Like, oh Lord Ruler, how can so much blood fit in one body? This is messed up. So, yeah, Marsh is, uh, he's pretty dead. Unless, you know, all that blood, uh, they can put it back in there somehow. He's hes not going to make it, I don't think. Well, I mean, this corpse is dead, but they say the head is completely crushed. Like, mm. it's barely recognizable. Like, do, do we know for certain that it's Marsh? Or is it just, like, have they left it there and they're still torturing him somewhere? Kelsier seems pretty confident, but you think that they might have faked him out? I th- it's a possibility I don't want to rule out just because, yeah, the body is just not recognizable as Marsh's body. Like, mm. it's in the meeting place where he was intending to meet them, It's and it's with his note saying, like, they're suspicious of me. But that could just mean, yeah, they could have just set up a... Presumably they have plenty of bodies, or they can just get some. It's like, oh, find another Scar who's about the same size, kill it, dump him there. And they might still be torturing Marsh somewhere. You know, I had that old theory that, uh, he, that he might be turned into an Inquisitor, so he, that, could, that could be undergoing, although I don't think that, I think that's less likely now, for reasons I'll get into later. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not ruling out the possibility that he's still alive somewhere, somehow. Okay. I, I'm i trying to think... I don't want to I don't want to discount your, your theory, because it's definitely possible. We don't re- recognize the body. No body, you can't be sure, right? Yeah, but do the Inquisitors have a reason? Like they can do whatever they want, kill whoever they want, and nobody notice. No, nobody's gonna say anything. Do they have a reason to try to fake anybody out by leaving a fake body there? Yeah, death of hope. All right. Okay. I'm just, uh, just, uh, just a thought while we're talking about it. Yeah, no, uh, totally fair. I mean, if they're really onto whatever's going on with the Scar Rebellion, they know Kelsey is involved. That would definitely be a way to weed Kelsey out. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then as Dak mentioned, we get the very cryptic note from Marsh after they've uh, found this body. Uh, another table was sent to Club Shop, and it's got a note in it being like, what is it? he says, I think the Inquisitors suspect me. I've been asking too many questions. They've sent a messenger to the guy, the, the obligator that we bribed, and I still haven't been able to find out any of the Inquisitors' secrets. It's, it's kind of a sad, like, scary final note to have gotten from Marsh. But – and – it's even sadder in that we don't really get any useful information from this. And that's half the note is him being upset. He's like, I haven't found anything useful. Uh, and then it ends with the Inquisitors tail me, watch me, ask after me. So I prepare this note. Perhaps my caution is unnecessary. Perhaps not. Which, you know, that's. 
yeah. a little bit of a spine tingling end for this note. Uh, very part of their drama queen family. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I was hoping it would be like a black pits of ah situation. He's like, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't die while carving it. He wouldn't bother to write ah. He'd just say it. He was dictating. Uh, that's that's one for the Monty Python fans in the audience. Yep. <laughs> and so Kelsier's like, look, if they got Marsh, they broke him. That's what they do. We have to evacuate Club Shop. We have to tell Renu to pull out, uh, use the fake story that he's retreating back to his family's lands from the house war. Marsh knew everything. We have to run, basically. He knew everything except the backup lair, which only Doxon and Kelsier knew. So, and if anything... What happens later in in these chapters kind of indicates that they must have found out from Marsh something uh, because uh, they capture Renu and Spook later on. Yeah, because they sort of um and ah about, oh, did Marsh break? Did he not break? We're not sure. We're not sure. And then they see uh, Renu and Spook in the cage and it's like, yeah, Marsh broke. <laughs> Shit. Well, yeah, because nobody, they, they don't show up at club shop or anything. So they're like, oh, maybe, maybe he, he made it. But apparently Inquisitors don't make those mistakes. And then we get a really – Kelsier tells them he'll meet them there in two days, and they're like, two days? What are you – and he has the really cool line that they hit me where it couldn't have hurt worse. I'm going to do likewise, which that's a badass action hero line. Come on. <laughs> and for the first time, we see the pits of Hathson, and we get the cool uh, – the viewpoint of Waylon or Wallen, however you want to say his name, crawling through the cracks in the ground trying to find an Adium geode. Really intense. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because like I, I, this is basically just a day in the life of anyone who's down in the pits, and it's just Jesus Christ! Like their minds are effectively yeah. gone. Yeah, it's clearly not fun to make a huge understatement. <laughs> it did make me wonder though how because they said the crystals themselves that create the geodes take a long time to grow back, like centuries, mm-hmm. if you destroy one. But how long do the intact crystals take to make one geode? So that's that's kind of what I'm more curious about, because I guess they regenerate and make more geodes, but over what amount of time? Yeah, I, it can't be too terribly long, because even though I think how many? Well, we'll get there in a minute when he says how many he destroyed. But it's you would think that they might have a system if they knew how long it took to make a new geo that they could be like, okay, we've done this area already. Let's move to this area. But that would also mean that they in some way cared about what happened to these people. It's, it's a weird situation where this is an important mine. They're getting something really important that they need from here. And at the same time, they don't give a crap about the people and execute them constantly. So no, but it's a valid point because like this mine is the cornerstone of their economy. So presumably they would want to know that sort of information so they could plan around that and just say, all right, there's got to be some down here. So we will go to this area. We've already mined the shit out of this area over here. So we're not going to touch that for a bit. Let give it a chance to grow back. You presume that like that would have to go through their heads at some point, even though they don't care about the miners themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like they would still send people down there. Like they wouldn't find what they're looking for and they'd just be executed anyway. Why put the people where all the crystals are? They'll just go nuts. (laughs) Like, they just, I'm sure they wouldn't think about it. They'd just be like, go in the mines. And when they don't come up, they're culled. Yeah. It's it's a weird kind of balance, I guess, because they don't give a crap about the people. And they're like, hey, the more of these we execute, the better. That's half the reason they're here, is because they're supposed to be executed brutally. And this is the worst punishment that we can imagine. 
but like, maybe Straff Venture is not that good at management. Like, he's in charge of managing the pits. You would think that he could try to be efficient, but uh, maybe that's not his thing. Well, I mean, he he's in charge of the pits, but he doesn't seem to go there that often. I mean, do we really get no. a, Well, I mean, he might. Like, we don't really get a picture of his movements day to day. So, like, that's true. how often does he actually go to the pits to oversee things? Because we've only ever seen him hanging around the city. Um, yeah. And I don't, I'm not aware of any time where he's been, where he's left the city to go do his thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, uh, he's the leader of the house that's in charge of the management. So he probably has, you know, middle management type guys who come and report to him and he gives them orders or stuff. I would imagine. I don't know. We yeah. don't really know anything about the management of the pits and it's unlikely that it's going to, we're going to find out any more at this point since Kelsier utterly destroyed it. So it's a little too late now. Yeah. So, but we do get that interesting note that uh, as uh, after we get past the crazy uh, day in the life section where Kelsier tells us, it's like, yeah, if you use Alamancy near these crystals, they break and it takes like 300 years to grow back or some hundreds of years. I don't remember. He says how long. And not only that, but he can use like steel and iron to show with the blue lines that come out to find all of them down there and then he can just pull on them to break them easily. So he goes through here and he just breaks every crystal he can find and completely cripples the Adium economy of the final empire. So I'm curious. He says like, if you use allomancy around um, mm-hmm. the, the crystals, then they break not steel pushing and iron pulling, but any type of allomancy. So if someone was down there and they were a smoker, for instance, which is purely just putting an aura around yourself so that people can't detect allomancy that would that also shatter the crystals the way he describes it, it seems like, yes, but we don't know how well he knows what he's talking about even. So, yeah, that's just like something about. So I guess then like anytime you're burning, you're burning metals, you're creating some sort of magnetic field around you and these things respond poorly to it, I guess is how that would work. I, I don't know. I don't I, I don't know crap about geology in general. So it's like, <laughs> oh, the, oh, the crystals grow geodes. Is that how geology works? <laughs> I don't think that's how regular geology works, but I don't know that for certain, so... Yeah. <laughs> it's a magic metal. Magic crystals metal geode creating. Yeah, this yeah. is a, a magical metal with uh, that magic can mess up in, in this yeah. way, apparently. And, you know, magic crystals... I mean, we're talking about Final Fantasy again, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for for, for any listeners just going, man, this guy doesn't know anything about what he's talking about. You are correct. I've got no fucking idea. (laughs) So, okay. I will say this. The fact that this this crystal growth, or this rather the, the geode growth, and these crystals and stuff don't seem like a normal natural occurrence when so much else in this world follows the same natural rules as ours, and that this weird magic can affect them somehow when that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, it tells you or it gives you a hint about something about this place. Yeah. There is a reason that that makes sense in this world. Is probably the simpler way to put this. Oh yeah. Just, I just assumed like, Oh yeah, it probably puts it like Alamancy puts a field around you that disturbs the crystals somehow. Sure. Why not? We'll go with that. And I, I like his final line of the chapter. Once again, Kelsier being dramatic is you tried to destroy me pits of hats in it's time to return the favor. I mean, at least he didn't say that out loud. <laughs> Could you imagine some, like, <laughs> some leftover prisoners walking by and he says that out loud and they're like, the hell is that guy talking about? <laughs> Who is he yeah. talking to? <laughs> is he, hey, is bro, he talking? what'd you say? <laughs> is he talking to the hole? 
I mean, you you know that's a cave, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they ask him in the next chapter. They're like, "How did you destroy the their cracks in the ground, Kelsier?" And he's like, "Yeah, I know." But I guess we also kind of skipped over the part that like when Kelsier meets up with this guy, he's like, "Yeah, I've killed all of the guards and stuff. You should go." And they're like, "He's like, who are you?" And he's like, "I am what you will soon be. I am a survivor." I will survive. And then in the next book, Waylon turns up and he's got the scars on his arms. He's like, I am the second coming of Kelsier. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I am Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus. (laughs) All the the survivors with the scars on their arms is like, it's me. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be a lot of them now, right? He just let all these guys out. But yeah, just uh, like the image ran through my head. It's like if he'd said that line out loud, it's like I just picture like sh- the end of Shawshank Redemption. He's in the rain, his arms are in the air, and it's like you tried to destroy me. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good Shawshank moment. Although, yep. okay, to be fair, that movie is like so much of Red doing voiceover and basically talking to himself that it wouldn't surprise me to have Andy like talking to himself at some point. Cause red's doing yeah. it all the time. Just uh, that he's just quoting him. Let me tell you about my friend, Andy Dufresne. Is that his name? Dufresne? I think it yep. is. Yeah. Yeah. Although he that got, just makes me think of the Mitch Hedberg joke where he's like, Dufresne. Party <laughs> uh, Bush party of three. Bush search party of three. You can eat once you find the Dufresne's. Uh, okay, Mitch Hedberg fans out there, you got that one. It's okay. <laughs> uh, right. We got blankets and spaghetti. And spaghetti. But we're not affiliated with that clown. <laughs> so, none of this makes any sense to anybody. Go listen to Mitch Hedberg stand-up. Uh, great stand-up comedian. Dead. But uh, nobody's perfect, right? So, I mean, if Kelsier can be dead, anybody can be dead. That was the end of the first chapter, and we get the new, the next uh, epigraph. Which uh, he talks about how they're close now. They're high up in the mountains. They're free from the oppressive touch of the deepness. And there's a there's a big lake, which I don't remember if it came up in the uh, epigraphs before. Vin mentioned seeing a stained glass window that she recognized from the logbook that had a black lake in it. And that's now talked about here is this this uh, dark lake. And he's like, maybe his interest in that is why the mist thing he tried to or stabbed Fedek with its invisible knife. He's like, oh, good. These things have knives now. <laughs> but I like he's like I, I'm strangely comforted by uh, Fedek getting stabbed because at least I know that and somebody else has seen it and I'm not crazy. <laughs> so yeah, you gotta look at the bright side, right? And we get into the next chapter where a very similar scene happened. To this after happened a very similar scene to this happened after the army was destroyed. But this one's a little more positive where they're all kind of standing around and they're like, so the job's done, right? Like, there's we can't accomplish anything now that the ministry broke Marsh and found out everything he, uh, he knew. But in that case, they were they were really depressed after the army got destroyed. This time they're kind of like, man, we, we really accomplished some stuff, didn't we? Yeah, and I think it just goes to show, like, how far – um, how downtrodden they are like it's a continuation of that kind of inner story that Kelsier has it's like you know yes you're saying like you should not be satisfied with this this was not satisfying we have to, like we have to overthrow him we have to take this world back for ourselves but their minds just still haven't wrapped around that concept and he's trying so hard to to get them to be there where he is in his brain yeah nobody is seems to really be 
where he, and it okay. Brandon talks about this in the notifications or notifications annotations. Jeez, I can't talk. <laughs> uh, where he says there's a distinction. He's talking about the previous scene, just like I mentioned, and now this one. And he's like, I think it was important to have both in the story. The scene is kind of metaphorically showing that the crew wasn't convinced all along they could destroy the Lord Ruler and the Final Empire. It was too much. Instead, they always planned to do what they could and then pull out. I wouldn't blame them if I were you. They've been through a lot and done a lot. They're just more realistic than Kelsier. Plus, they don't know that an eighth of the book is still to come. <laughs> yeah, they don't know how much story there is left. <laughs> they didn't read the manuscript. So, yeah, I mean, Joe's absolutely right. And what I read that because what he says really just backs that up is they've never been in that same mind frame as Kelsier about taking the whole thing down. But uh, Kelsier, once again, does not plan on giving up. When he shows up, he's like, no, we're not done. We'll talk about it tomorrow. After he tells them that, you know, he destroyed the pits of Hathsin. And everyone's like, holy crap, what? It's a nice he scene. He punched out a mine. <laughs> <laughs> or Killed a mine. an inanimate object. Yeah, no, that's everyone is very impressed by the fact that he managed <laughs> to destroy this whole thing. Uh, yeah, he says he ended Adam production in the Final Empire for the next 300 years or so. And he found several hundred pockets worth of – that's what it was, several hundred. So they, I don't know. If everybody has to find one every week, then I feel like they must regrow – like the geodes must grow relatively quickly if several hundred is all the pockets that are there. I don't know. Or maybe it was just like the ones he could find. And if it depends on how deep he went because, yeah, if, they, if you're constantly sending people down to the pits and like they can just find more – like like mm. further down or something but i don't know you what what i assume is that he knows kind of the geography of the area vaguely at least because if he spent a long time there having to crawl down there himself so i feel like he would have gone as deep as he thought there might be more of them if he was intending to really destroy the whole thing yeah um okay and there's a scene where vin asks sazed about the 11th medal which he says he's he never heard of but vin still she, She's this street girl who's always kind of paranoid that somebody's putting her on, so she's still kind of like, is it real, though? And then she's like, I believe him. That didn't stop me from coming and asking Says to kind of dig deeper, but I, I still believe Kelsier that it's real. Which, to be fair, we still haven't seen it. We do, I mean, we've seen the metal. We haven't seen what it does or anything. We also haven't heard Kelsier talk about it in a long time. Not much, at least, yeah. And then people start gathering. It's time for more executions. And, of course, Kelsier maybe rightfully assumes that the executions are probably a reaction to him destroying the pits of Hathsin. Although if he ran straight back, that's pretty quick for the Lord ruler to have found out. I don't know. What I, do you think? Yeah, I, I did. I did think it's like, Oh, this seems a bit soon for that. I, like at the time when I first read it, I couldn't think of anything, any other reason for them to be like another round of executions like that. But, but I thought this seems very quick, um, especially to gather up that many. If they were on to Marsh, though, they knew something was up. So maybe they didn't know what it was exactly, but they know something's going on. Although, oh, yeah, they'd have the information about Renault. Yeah, if they broke if they broke Marsh and got this Renault information, I guess it might be a reaction to that. The fact that this plan was going on right under his nose. And he's like, OK, we can't have that. We're executing more people. But this is still the point where we weren't sure if Marsh had broken or not because it's like, oh, they didn't they didn't mm. hit clubs as shop, so maybe he maybe they don't know about Renault. That's why it was a shock when it turns out they did have them. Yeah. Were you guys were you guys surprised when we found out who was in there? Yep. 
so they hear the the prisoner carts coming, and Kelsier's like, I can stop them. I can save. I can, like, let these people go. Before he even knows who's in there, he wants to do something. And everyone's trying to stop him. Like, no, that's crazy. And Breeze is the one who points out. He's like, wait a minute. I'm no tin eye, but don't some of those prisoners look a bit too well-dressed? And then Kelsier just takes off because he sees who's in the carts. He sees Renu and Spook in the lead cart. Because, oh, well, they sent Spook with Renu. We didn't mention that, but it was mentioned in here. that uh, They sent their best tin eye to help keep a lookout for, during the, the retreat. Makes sense. What, what does Spook say if he sees somebody coming? He's like, wasing with the people. <laughs> Inquisitors with the coming. <laughs> Apparently, whatever it was, it wasn't enough because they didn't get away. That th- that'd be ironic if they tell that side story later. And it's like, yeah, we might have gotten away if we'd understood what the what the guy was saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what what do you guys think of uh, Kelsier's determination to go and help, and Vin's determination that no, this is a crazy idea. We should not go. Well, I mean, I kind of I kind of thought she was in the right at first. Like this was another epic battle situation where it's like no we, we you're you the one person is not going to make a difference but then the as the reader and as vin we fu- we kind of get pushed away from that idea where they basically chastise her saying you have to know when enough is enough it's like these these aren't random soldiers that are that we recruited like these are our friends we have to do something yeah. i was kind of thinking too that you know previously there's sort of been the risk of exposing themselves but quite clearly they're already exposed. You know, they, they've already got mm. part of their crew. So it's a bit different now. It's not just watching something happen and everything's still intact. It's like, no, this is, this has literally changed everything. And now, now we have to fight. That's a fair point that that's not a concern anymore that they're going to get like other people found out and potentially killed since everyone's already found out. Mm. So in the annotations here, the author says, to be honest, I'm not sure if Vin is right if Kelsier should have stayed back from trying to save the people or not. It's certainly the more heroic thing to try and save them. This scene is to show that Vin still has a little bit of her reen-crafted selfishness left in her. Kelsier is ready to risk everything for his friends. You can debate whether this impulse is foolish, but I think it's noble. Vin's sin here isn't deciding that going after them would be too dangerous. It's how quickly she jumps to this decision and how powerless she decides she is. She's not a coward, nor is she ungrateful. She's just lived on the street too long. In a situation like this, her first instinct is not to fight, but to flee. Um, makes sense. Live to fight another day and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it makes sense from Vin's perspective, based on what we've seen. Uh, but it's interesting, I think, that the, even the author is like, you know what? I see both sides of this argument. And despite the fact that, kind of like Joe says, the book kind of comes down seeming... Because Kelsier has that whole line to Vin. Maybe, I guess, the last thing he says to her is, you still have some things to learn about friendship, Vin. I hope someday you realize what they are. And that makes sense. And like Joe, all the other characters seem to kind of tell Vin, it's like, no, we have, you have to stand up at some point. But even the author's like, you know, she's not wrong. And she has good points here. She's also never had friends. That's true. Like in, in all her other crews and stuff, it's like, well, you know what? Self-preservation is the most important thing. They wouldn't come back for me. Why would I come back for them? But the difference is now, you know, like Kelsey says, they're friends that they if it was her in that situation 100 percent they would have come for her so. mm-hmm. yeah that's a good point that's what you do in a herd you look out for each other <laughs> well, and i mean and you're, you're not just you, you're not kidding that they would have done the same for her when they thought that she got lost at the lord ruler's palace and may have been captured like kelsier and ham were gonna go out and try to find her that same night they didn't have to because sazed had done it but they were totally going to so 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's Kel- maybe maybe Kelsier's right. Maybe she still you know needs to learn some things about friends. So Kelsier goes and he's gonna break open the carts and let all the prisoners out. Except there's an Inquisitor there. And so I don't know. What did you guys think at this point? Like, did you expect an Inquisitor to randomly be hiding there, or what did you think when he shows up? I thought this was a trap. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. They were gonna lure everyone else out. They've taken part of the crew, but they know the rest of the crew's around. Like, why would you have an Inquisitor there? If you if you were if you were planning for everything just to go to plan, you're just gonna execute another few hundred people. I mean, this time, yeah, they're noblemen, but you know that you've got people that are involved in this rebellion and that chances are the other people are in the city and watching and knowing about it. You know, you wouldn't have an Inquisitor just there. I mean, I know, I know that they're there, but that they weren't in the same sort of positioning last time people got executed. Like, they knew something was going to happen. Yeah, I think the fact that the first thing he says to him is, where's the girl, mm-hmm. really does really does kind of jive with what you're saying. <laughs> and Kelsier's first thing that he says is why only one of you and he says the guy says I won the draw <laughs> which how does that work do you just have all the all the inquisitors just sitting around a table and they've all just got like two sets of dice and whoever rolls a seven gets to be the one to go down and, and stage <laughs> the trap or they have straws they like literally yeah. throwing straws and the guy's like the other guy's like damn it he got the short straw <laughs> Well, it, we do see that it doesn't work out all that well for him, but uh, it makes for a pretty badass fight. Yeah, well, so... you know, they, they have no reason to think that there's any danger. Like, no. the, the, the Inquisitors are terrifying, but like, I think what this also shows is they're pretty arrogant, and that's ultimately what I think undoes this one. It's like, he thinks, oh, this is just... Like, I've dealt with Mistborns before. I can do. I can deal with this. I've got Atium. I don't care. And then mm. it turns out, no, nah, like... You you probably just underestimated your opponent there. Yeah, they definitely, or this one at least, really does seem overconfident here. He's having fun. Yeah. So Ham has fetched some soldiers, and Kelsier realizes that if he can keep the Inquisitor distracted, Ham can release all of the prisoners, and they can still get out of this okay. Yeah, and this is like, for me, this was a really cool moment. It's like Ham's Luke Cage moment. He's just like running through the crowd, it's like slamming dudes into the ground. I mean, I, I just was, uh, this was probably my favorite chapter that Ham has been in because it's just so, so badass. Yeah. We really haven't gotten to see him do much with his pewter powers. He's, he's been a talker in the actual scenes that we've seen for the most part. Hmm. He's, he spent so long showing off the guns and now he gets to put them into action. <laughs> And then realizes that she can st- – st- uh, well, actually, first she wants to go down there, and Dawson's like, no, 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 you're not going. Kelsier's fine. And so she decides that she can help by helping Breeze kind of soothe uh, the enemy soldiers down there to stay away from this fight. I did love Breeze's little line here. I'm just like, oh, that's actually super cool. He's just like, all right, let's let's just make you terrified. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know fear? You will. <laughs> you will be. <laughs> Breeze has just turned into Scarecrow all of a sudden. He's got a good point, though. I don't think it would take much to convince me. It's like there's an Inquisitor and a Mistborn fighting. I don't want to be involved in that. Yeah. It's it's once again Breeze evaluating the situation. He's like, I see how I can nudge these people to help. He's good at what he does. Yeah. And then Ellen Venture shows up in the middle of the fight. <laughs> Kelsey's just like, ugh, this guy. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> 
Oh, that was, I, I don't know why, but I found it so funny where he's just like, a well-dressed nobleman comes in and yelling valet, and Kelsier's like, great. Uh. <laughs> I just like how the only reason um, Ellen really makes it in okay is because neither side is like, ah, oh, crap, it's a nobleman. Hang on, guys, let's just clear a path. Yeah, uh, you know, he's the heir to House Venture. He's, I guess, clearly a powerful nobleman. We don't, nobody wants to accidentally beat up that guy. That's That's Ellen's life, though. It's just paved. Everything works out well for him, except for the time when his uh, the girl was going to marry him and murder him and stuff, and the fact that his dad is a huge asshole. Okay, so maybe things aren't that great, probably. Maybe I'm <laughs> maybe I'm exaggerating. He's oblivious to it all, though. So yeah. having a clear path through the fight, not surprising. <laughs> yeah, he really does just still seem oblivious. Like there's a giant battle going on, an inquisitor and a mistborn, and he's like, "Who told you you could raid the Renu ca- uh, ca- caravan?" Who authorized this? <laughs> My father will hear about this. <laughs> Shaking his fist. Everyone's like, man, your father don't give a shit. No, yeah, anyone who knows Traff Venture knows that he doesn't care. But uh, Kelsier spends the, the first part of the fight in the first chapter that we, well, the, our second chapter, but chapter 33, the part of the fight that's in there, he's trying to keep him distracted, not really engaged in the fight. And that just pisses the Inquisitor off. So he starts like cutting down random, like uh, escaping people. And so he realizes, okay, I'm going to have to actually fight this. And the chapter ends with Kelsey being like, let's do it then. Let's call down the thunder and now you got it. (laughs) (laughs) His brother dead, his wife dead, family, friends, and heroes all dead. You push me to seek revenge, well, you shall have it. I don't know who who his family and heroes are that are all dead, but... uh... I guess his brother was his family, but... <laughs> yeah. I, I want the Inquisitor to say, like, who are you talking to? <laughs> talking to me? <laughs> he, he just gets his Russell Crowe on. He's like, brother to a murdered brother, husband to a murdered wife, and I shall take those spikes out of your goddamn face. <laughs> and so we get a, a really short epigraph at the beginning of 34. Where he's like, I never wanted to be feared. It's the one thing I regret is the fear that I've caused. Fear is the tool of tyrants. <sighs> and <laughs> once again, it's just we're just getting to where it's like hammering us with the irony of these statements where it's like, yeah, that super evil tyrant guy is writing this. Can you believe it? Well, especially this one, because this is where we finally see him doing his tyrant stuff personally. Yep. It's like, I so, never wanted to be feared. Oh, look at my suit. <laughs> <laughs> How scary is my suit? So most of this chapter is really the fight, and we don't need to go, like, blow by blow into this fight, but I love this fight. This is an awesome fight. Yeah, this is probably the best action scene so far, I think. I know we said that about the fight with Shan, but I think this one just is something else. Yeah, these are two, like, experts really giving it their all. Like, Vin with Shan was, I have to figure out how to end this quick. And Kelsier and the Inquisitor, they have enough adium to both go all day or whatever, so they're just... They're going at it. It ripped the cage off the entire cart and threw it at him. Yup. And then in a crazy slow-mo anime scene, he jumps through the door of the cage and then holds himself in the cage as it's flying through the air and smashing into stuff until oh, it stops. Was so cool. Oh, my. That is, once again, one of those scenes that's like, I want to see that, like, on the screen. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. And it totally makes sense. With the magic system. It's not like this is some crazy stuff that you could never imagine. You're like, oh, he's like in the cage pushing in all directions. So he's keeping himself completely steady in the middle using steel. 
then it makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah, you don't question it at all. Yeah, and it leads to, I know this is a little bit later on, but, like, I think this was my favorite part where Vin realizes, like, all this time I thought he was just kind of pretty good at all of it, but this is his specialty, the steel pushing and the iron pulling. Like, this is what he is the best at. He's a master of it. Yeah, she appreciates that for, I guess, the first time, like you said, that she's like, and those are the things that he personally taught me. So this is, I really do get to yeah. train an expert in this. Dak got what he wants. He is Magneto. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> As he's, he's like creating this hurricane of metal just flying in all directions, and he's throwing himself around so that he's pulling kind of – because you can only pull directly towards yourself and push directly away from yourself. So it's kind of like – I almost said unidirectional. It's bidirectional. It's backwards or forwards. So to get stuff really moving in weird different directions, he has to move also. So he's flying around creating this hurricane of metal just smashing into the Inquisitor. It's pretty amazing. Well, he was doing that, but he was also making the point that the Inquisitor is like pushing the, uh, is pushing away from the stuff that he's pulling towards him. Um, and so he's deflating it off the Inquisitor's pushes and smacking it back into him. Yep. Badass. And he, he's not going like force on force with the Inquisitor, like not trying to push back against him as the Inquisitor is pushing towards him. He's like, oh, yeah, if you want to push that piece away, I'll let it go until it lands and then I'll pull it back when you're not paying attention to it anymore. Yeah, it's just there's some really great moments in here. Yeah, I think one it's of an my amazing level of thought. Sorry, yeah, uh, I was just going to say, like, one of my favorite moments is uh, when he's flying through the air. So he pulls on a, a soldier to like sort of deflect him and the guy just crashes into him he looks down it's like oh it's not one of hams and he just goes oh sorry friend pushes off him <laughs> what were you saying jamie oh, i was just saying it's an amazing level of thought that has to go into the fight i, I love that about these powers is that he's like he's constantly thinking about okay how is this going to work what can i use here and even even without adium being able to sort of sort through the movements that are happening and go, well, that's going to go there. I'll use that. It's, it's pretty impressive to watch him do that. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, it reminds me of Kvothe, like splitting his mind to do different things at the same time. It had that yeah. same kind of sort of feel to me. It's like he's splitting his attention in so many different ways, but still has complete control over what he's doing. That's a really good point. Yeah. Because he, he really has to be thinking in a million different directions to keep... You have all these blue lines coming out of your chest, touching all this metal all around you. And to add to that, like the adium shadows that they're generating, like basically double the amount of stuff in the air, he says. So it's a lot to track. And it's really kind of the first real example we get of the depth of, uh, like, kind of like Jamie said, how much you can think about Allomancy because... We've talked about how some of the other ones, like you guys didn't think there's much really to tin. It's like, you know, either your senses are enhanced or they're not enhanced or whatever. But this just shows you that you you can be as simple as pushing a coin at somebody, like you shoot some coins at somebody or you pull them towards yourself. But there's layers and depth to the deeper you can think about it, the more nuanced you can get with how you're using these powers, the more there is to them. Some of them at least. Tin might still be kind of Although Spook had a couple interesting things to say about tin. Yeah. Uh, just kind of being presented with all that information for Tin and how to filter through it. That was, I think that's really where that level comes into it. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you guys had really thought about that before, but I can imagine that it really is tough when you're getting, as he says, it's like so much of everything at once. You have to try to pay attention to some of it. Uh, one line in here I like is where the, the Inquisitor is coming right at him and he goes, Kelsey thinks, head on collision. Bad idea for the guy without spikes in his head. <laughs> well, you're right. not wrong. Well, yeah. 
exactly. That's right before he pulls on the guy that uh, Dak mentioned, where he's like, "Sorry, friend." It's interesting that he also talks about like he at one point he watches Ham and um, his guys just ripping, trying to get the crowd free, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, like there's no subtlety to what Ham does. He's just like bl- blitzing through, like he's doing the Luke Cage thing and just tossing people aside." But like we've spoken to Ham and we know that that's not what Ham is doing. Ham's like, "No, no, you got to know where to step and the right angle to come at things." So it's just like. I don't know that that just sort of struck me a bit when he was when he was watching Ham and thinking, oh yeah, that's all very simple. Like, no, nah, it's actually not, dude. Yeah, I don't know if Kelsey has ever appreciated uh, Ham subtlety with with Pewter because I mean, when when Vin says she wants to go learn with Ham, he's like, why? I already taught you how to burn Pewter. Yeah. So he he may never have given Ham the respect he deserves in that that vein. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I like Renu gets an axe to the back. So that was always uh, that that's that's unfortunate for that guy. And then the Inquisitor is just like looks looks at Ellen next to him. It's like, do I need to kill this one? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, all the other soldiers and stuff they don't want to attack a, an important nobleman, but the Inquisitor does not care. <laughs> what are they going to just destroy the Inquisitor's house? Good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Cut my head off? Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and. I, I like this moment with Kelsier where he's he sees this and he thinks she loves him and decides that he has to save Ellen, which I think that's a big a, a big move for Kelsier. Yeah. Like, saving a nobleman, that's it shows how much he cares about Vin, I guess. Like, yeah, that's just like uh, it's what my friend would want. <laughs> and then Aww. he has to he has to tell Ellen, like, OK, dude, she is not here. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, do you see what's going on here? I know you're kind of oblivious, but come on, bro. Get out of the way, man. And then the and then that's when the bodyguard shows up and drags him away, and it's like, where the hell have you been? <laughs> Ellen's bodyguard did a job today. Yeah, I just I just see Ellen as like a sad retriever, and they're like, go on, get. We don't want you here anymore. <laughs> and Ellen's like, what? And they're like, go on. Uh, he's like Kelsier's, a lost puppy. Ellen, yeah, I can see that actually. Kelsiers thinks I can't believe I just saved nobleman. You'd better appreciate this girl. <laughs> I also like that he's thinking that like this paragraph is Kelsier thought that struggling to choke the Inquisitor. So while he's choking the Inquisitor, he's like, man, that girl better appreciate this. <laughs> Kelsier caught the conjurer's eyes and nodded slightly, and Renu dropped to the ground with a sigh, axe in his back. So is he dead? Uh, that that goes into my predictions at the end. Okay. <laughs> the short answer is I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, they've got they finally gotten rid of all the prisoners, and Ham is uh, going to take off. And it looks like Kelsier might run too, but the Inquisitor's like, Survivor, you promised me a fight. Must I kill more Ska? And Kelsier's like, I never said we were done. <laughs> Then it cuts to Vin and Dachshund, and, or Dachshund, and then Vin is like, I thought I saw Ellen. And he's like, here, that sounds a bit ridiculous, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, because it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and uh, Dachshund says, like, uh, Vin's like, it looks like Renu has an axe in his back. And Dachshund's like, that may or may not be fatal for him. I don't know a lot about Contra. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like how she keeps pointing out the obvious, like, did I just see Ellen? It makes me think of Big Trouble. It's like, is that a goat? Is that a goat? 
Well, it's because <laughs> they're so far away. None of the others have tin to see. So yeah. she has to report back. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got an axe in his back. Yep, that's an axe, all right. <laughs> Are you sure? It could be a mace. <laughs> and I, I also like the part where Dachshund's trying to like climb up and get a better look, too. And he tells me, keep an eye on my belt buckle. If I fall, give me a pull to slow the fall, eh? <laughs> uh, I, at that point, I'd probably just like take off my belt. It's like, but here, Kelsier, use this! <laughs> Go get him, buddy! He has enough metal out there. There's there's weapons and breastplates and bars from the cage and everything. But yeah, this is where, uh, as we talked about earlier, Vin is like, oh, this is the this is his specialty. He's an expert at iron and steel. And Kelsier's kind of hurricane of metal here is finally what sort of starts beating up the Inquisitor a little bit. Like he's getting hit by random pieces of metal that there's too much coming at once for him to avoid. And Kelsier's yelling at him, like, were you one, the one that killed Marsh? And I, I love the fact that uh, he hits him with, is it a rock? He, like, bashes him with, yeah, uh, with a rock. Cobblestone. Uh, and the, the spikes in the back of his head get stuck to the, oh. the piece of wood oh. and jam him there. It's amazing. That, it's that amazing. was incredible. I think I actually laughed <laughs> yeah. out loud when that happened. I was like, ah, suck shit! <laughs> <laughs> He's just sitting there with a rock on his chest after it bounced off his head, and he's like, I got a rock. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to beat you like a railway spike. <laughs> and he's like, he's trying to pull away, and his, he's stuck, his head is stuck, it's just a comedic picture. Oh. And it's like, the oh, God, comes. guys, we never thought of this. <laughs> <laughs> Why did the spikes have to go all the way through? <laughs> Why didn't we file them down? Like, from now on, the Inquisitor is going to wear, like, corks back there or something because they found out that this might happen. <laughs> and Kelsier picks up one of the thing's own axes and chops his head off after giving him the one-liner of, like, I'm glad you talked me into this. Badass. Yeah, it was... Yeah. It, it, given that, as we find out, it's uh, the last moment, more or less, that Kelsier gets to have, that's a pretty badass moment to go out on. And the, the crowd starts chanting his name, and they're like, yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, maybe maybe it doesn't have to go the way I assumed. Maybe I don't have. And uh, then the ruler arrives. Then, you know, the Imperial March song starts. And I just get the feeling, it's like, was Lord Ruler just watching to see what would happen? He's like, okay, guys, we lost Jeff. I'm going to have to go in myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So th this is all happening within, like, a couple of paragraphs here. So you didn't have much time to react, but I'm curious. As this fight is happening, did you actually think Kelsier would manage to succeed against the Inquisitor? Once he succeeded, what are you thinking? And then what are you thinking when the Lord Ruler shows up? Uh, so for me, he's fighting the Inquisitor. I'm like, I don't know if he's going to be able to do this. This is, like, he's having to use a lot of adium. Adium, he's having to use up tons of steel and iron just to come out on top so when he defeats him i'm like i like i thought to myself well that's it he spent if anybody else shows up this is it's not going to go well for him and that's exactly what happens so when the lord when the lord ruler shows up i'm like if one inquisitor took that much out of him there is absolutely no way he's coming out of this unless he just like hightailed it and ran but even at that mm -hmm. point i don't know that it would help 
Okay. So you were a little bit pessimistic from A to Z on this one. I got you. Okay. Understandable, for sure. I feel like it's not the first time he's come up against an Inquisitor. So I was like, ah, oh, like I, I don't think it was going to be a death sentence for him. I mean, it could have gone either way, but I wasn't surprised when he came out of it. But, yeah, once the Lord Ruler showed up, I was like, oh, no, 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 this is not good. <laughs> what about you, Dak? I thought he was going to come out of it on top of the Inquisitor. Like I knew it was going to be a hard fight, but I'm just like, Kelsey is going to win this. I feel like if, I don't know, for some reason in my head, I'm just like, if it had been two, he he, he would have lost. But just the fact that it was only one, and like, yeah, like I said, I think the, the Inquisitors were just really arrogant. I'm just like, this is not going to go well for the Inquisitor. So, yeah, that, that panned out. I'm just like, yep, that was awesome. All right, cool. So, really good fight. People are feeling good. The Scar are just like, holy shit, we might actually have a chance. And then, yeah, Lord Ruler shows up. I'm just like, ah, you could just never let them have a moment, can you? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, whether that's the, whether I'm talking about Sanderson or the Lord Ruler, go like, you know, <laughs> applies equally, I guess. Yeah. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, once the Lord Ruler shows up, I'm just like, all right, either Kelsier is going to get the shit kicked out of him, or he's going to run. And kind of shocking for everyone, especially Vin, he does not run. So we finally, finally, after this entire book almost has gone by, we're 88% of the way through this book right now when the Lord Ruler shows up. 12% of the book left, and finally we see this guy's face. This is Jaws, the Lord Ruler's Jaws in this story. (laughs) You hear about him, you see the effects, but you don't really encounter him until the end. Uh, I've never seen Jaws. I don't know if that's how that that actually goes. I made that up. Really, never? (laughs) No, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but (laughs) I think I saw Jaws 2 one time. Maybe 3. I mean, doesn't matter. <laughs> you saw Son of Jaws? There's one where they're like on a tropical island or something, and the shark has followed them from where they usually live down there. And... Oh, that's 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 the fourth one, and it's one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> so I, I, maybe that's the one I saw. I, that, that, that story feels familiar to me. Anyway. Yep, that, so... that, is, that is definitely one of them, no matter how much we all wish it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I like you, you, you've, you know the Jaws movies. You've seen all the Planet of the Apes movies. You're just a... Uh, um, yeah. Uh, Does, so so he knows man. the Jaws movie. Do you, do you remember the, the... Maybe they didn't show this one in Australia. The cartoon with the sharks that were like anthropomorphic. Like what, Ninja Turtles? Sharks? Street Sharks? Yeah, Street Sharks. Yeah. Man, it was sharks. awesome. <laughs> oh god. I remember having action figures from Street Sharks that like yeah. squirted water. Yep, I remember those. Uh, oh. Good times, good times. <laughs> so, Bullet Ruler, uh, wearing a black and white nobleman suit, or somewhat like a nobleman suit, but far more exaggerated. With like a trench coat, it goes all the way down to his feet, trails behind him as he walks. Uh, handsome. With jet black hair and pale skin, tall and thin and confident, and he looks younger than Kelsier, despite so, being over a thousand years old. So, early, earlier on, I said it's like oh, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but now, like looking at it, I didn't, I missed the fact that the coat goes all the way to his feet. I was like, oh, it's Neo. Yeah, no, <laughs> that I can see. Yeah, I, I, I picture it as like a cross between a really young. Grand Moff Tarkin and Darth Vader, like you just roll those two together. Oh uh, yeah, that's yep. that's like the picture that I got in my brain. And so I don't know, what did you guys think of what the Lord Ruler actually looks like? Because we talked about like Dak had a theory that he's like basically in an iron lung or something, like <laughs> unable to move or do anything. 
But uh, what what is his actual? Were anybody surprised? What did you feel like about him? His youth must come from those facials he gets every three days. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the, the immortality spa, the Lazarus <laughs> pit, as it were. <laughs> you know, I I'm kind of I I I think Dak theory Dax theory could still hold water, right? Because we've seen Kelsier kind of manipulate somebody with alamancy so maybe the lord ruler is just so good at it that he actually has a proxy body he uses for like all of his out and about traveling and doings mm-hmm. interesting possible i mean yeah if, if he's just got someone who's just like a mindless person and he's just like soothing their emotions from afar in some yeah. way to actually make turn into a person puppet right it's like a thrall I mean, he uses and that and that would go a long way to explaining why you know physical damage doesn't hurt them because if he's controlling them from afar it's like eh, it's a spear walk it off. I don't know. Even if it's a body you're controlling from afar, if you get a spear like through the heart or something, it's gonna stop going. Of course, we don't know that that's it got anywhere close to there, but yeah, true. So well, speaking of the spear, we uh, one of Ham's thugs shows up out of the crowd and screams for my wife, and then jabs a spear through the Lord Ruler's chest. And the Lord Ruler doesn't even notice. He just keeps walking. So dude grabs a spear from one of his friends and shoves it through the Lord Ruler's back. And the Lord <laughs> Ruler like, continues to not notice. I, I, I love that. It's like, oh, well, the first time I didn't do anything, maybe I try again. Yeah, well, I mean, at that point, you got to do something. You're like, okay, I'm here. I'm probably <laughs> not going to live through this after the first one. I may as well. Because he doesn't, the Inquisitors show up and chop him to, to, into pieces. Yeah, just turn around. There's an Inquisitor standing there grinning. He's like, "Hey!" He's like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> I, I like it describes like the rebel and his friends started to scream under the Inquisitor's axe, and the Inquisitor stood above the corpses for a moment, hacking gleefully because that's the Inquisitors. They're <laughs> yep, they love it. <laughs> Inquisitor's like, "What a lovely day! What a lovely day!" <laughs> <laughs> but I. The Lord Ruler gets in here, and he seems more annoyed than anything, quite honestly. Like, he looks over at the Inquisitor, and he's like, those are very hard to replace. <laughs> and then he looks back at Kelsier, and he's like, I killed you once. And Kelsier gets his very, like, even for Kelsier, this is a little bit dramatic, where he's like, you tried, but you can't kill me, Lord Tyrant. I represent the thing you have never been able to kill, no matter how hard you try. I am hope. Bum, bum, bum. And the Lord Ruler's like, whatever, dude. Yeah. It's just handsome. He snorted in disdain and then raised a casual arm and backhanded Kelsier so hard that you could hear the crack through the whole square. And when we get to the end of the chapter in like another page and Vin comes up, there's almost nothing left of the left side of his face is how hard the Lord Ruler hit him. Well, I mean, he's got all those rings on. If any of them are sharp, it's probably just ripped all the skin skin away. Mm, fair point. He does have a lot of rings. That's just the sheer power that he holds. It's terrifying. No one stands a chance. And then, of course, just uh, because it's the only way to be sure, he takes a spear out of his own body and slams it down through Kelsier's chest and says, let the executions begin. And the, uh, the Inquisitors just go to town and start chopping people up as the Lord Ruler leaves. And Vin runs down and is like, no, Kelsier, no. You said you couldn't be killed. I don't, I don't know that he ever said that. Well, I guess just to the Lord Ruler, he said, I'm the thing that you can't kill. Maybe that's what she's talking about. But Ham comes and gets her. And he's like, we have to go. 
this is not where you want to be right now. And the the chapter and part four end with Reen's voice in her head saying, see, I told you he would leave you. I warned you. I promised you. Oh, this asshole. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the end of part four. We have part five left, which is uh, we have four chapters and the epigraph left. And we're at 89% of the book. So any thoughts about uh, these chapters before we uh, kind of move on? I mean, it was depressing, right? I, I felt depressed at the end. I was like, oh, boy, jeez. I feel like it was a little uplifting also. But yeah, no, I won't, I won't fight you on that. I was surprised, honestly. I didn't think this would be the moment where the hero died, air quotes. Like, how do you mean? Did you, uh, you thought it'd be later in the book, or you thought there'd like something yeah. else would happen? Well, well, for one, I didn't think I thought Kelsey was going to make it out of this book still alive, but like, but I've got mm. stuff to talk about at, at the end regarding that. But it just, I was expecting it to, you know, be like if if he if they any of them were to die, like any of the main characters were to, um, were to die as such, it wouldn't be in the middle of some random ass street. I, yeah, I, I assumed that this was not the moment for any of them to die. I assumed that would come later. And, uh, yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> okay. What about you, Jamie? Any thoughts on the chapters? Uh, I, I think maybe Kelsey knew what was going to happen. Maybe not that it would be this day or anything like that, but I think he always knew that the second he does face the Lord Ruler, he's toast. Mm. Yeah, but he is hope, and hope can't be killed, so... <laughs> Okay. Maybe, yeah. The stories that Sage was telling him, you know, long after their leaders were destroyed, they lived on. So maybe this is the this is the push to actually make the rebellion succeed. Now they've got with something like, else to fight for. With like the crew, you think that they'll take this as like an impetus yeah. to do that, or do you mean like more generally with the people? Oh, the crew, the, the Scar. There's a lot of Scar who who loved him. You know, he was he was helping many people in the background and you know maybe this is what they need to stand up and fight okay uh he has has shown them that the inquisitors can be killed if nothing else now they know that true Mm -hmm. that is absolutely true okay well i guess that can send us right into predicaments predicaments i I just added an a in there i'm just keep changing the word as we go it's gonna turn into a whole (laughs) No, no, it's it's the predicament <laughs> section and uh, predicament. We 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 touched on this briefly when we hit, went into predicaments last time, but I actually did that specifically because I wanted to get you guys' reaction before these chapters and now after these chapters. Now that we've seen this, how do you think this book is going to end? Are we gonna mm-hmm. are we gonna come back from this and be successful somehow, or is this the beginning of like? this is going to be an empire strikes back kind of ending. And we're going to have to like, everybody's going to wind down and have to hide so they can regroup and come back later. Or like, what do, what do you think is going to happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm going to start with like my more outlandish out there theory and then work my way to ones that I think are more predictable here. Cause I've got a few. Okay. So um, my first uh, kind of outlandish thing that I was thinking about Really, it just kind of formed in my mind as we were talking today. I've been on the train of Vin is the Lord Ruler's daughter for a while. But now I've got a different theory that would make that theory really not make much sense. So 
I'm going to go ahead and put it out there, but my more, I'm more, I feel more sure about him being, about her being his daughter than this one. So Ellen and Vin have kind of like a throwaway conversation about the Lord Ruler looking depressed all the time, and he needs, uh, he needs a woman in his life, blah blah blah. <laughs> so my theory is somehow the Lord Ruler actually created Vin to be his bride. To be, and like again, that's why her mom calls her a queen, puts an earring in his in her ear, like he and she's a misborn because he created her somehow, and he did that in order to have an eternal bride that he would have with him to be his queen. That's kind of my outlandish theory, just because okay. it would seem it would seem kind of a funny conversation for Ellen and her to have, and then somehow it ends up you know she ends up finding out that she was meant to be the woman in his life or whatever so, so okay if that's the case i want to did he lose her at some point or is she exactly where he wants her to be yeah that's a good that's a good point i think because and maybe he doesn't share his plans with the inquisitors but i think because the inquisitor doesn't know who she is and doesn't know who her like he's asking who is her father so he has an inkling that that is her but that they must have lost her at some point when reen took her from her mother they they must that have somehow lost track of her and also like that even even outside of like piercing a smoke bubble maybe that's why the inquisitors can track her and I mean, that would work whether she's his daughter or his bride to be. It's like they have some kind of way to track her because he created her. So that's that's kind of how I'm feeling on that one. Hmm. OK, interesting. <laughs> All right. So the next thing is really about the death of Kelsier in this chapter. So I think I think uh, all three of us may be having an inkling of the same kind of thing, but this is how it plays out in my mind. So I have two different theories about his death. One. Uh, the first one is more outlandish, and I'm hoping is not actually what happened. The the first theory, and they're very similar. So the first one is, you know, there's the moment where he looks at uh, the the Condra Renault and nods his head, and then Renault slumps over. To me, that's a clear indication in the book that Renault is not actually dead, or at least the Condra is not actually dead. He's taking he's taking a cue from Kelsier to appear as if he's dead. So. Okay. My my first theory on that is Kelsier was killed by the Lord Ruler here in this chapter, but the Chondra is not dead, and it's going to use his bones to, or Ooh. you know, to reanimate itself into Kelsier to make it seem to the Rebellion that Kelsier is still alive while he is actually dead. I had exactly the same thought. <laughs> yeah, he's going to walk around impersonating Kelsier, and that will give the people hope because they're like, even the Lord Ruler can't kill him. See, he was right. He told the Lord Ruler that he can't be killed. That you know that he is you know that the Lord Ruler can't kill him. He is hope. He is the savior of the rebellion. That is the theory that I'm that I formed that I hope is incorrect. What I hope is the correct theory is the same situation. They switch places. Because there is a moment when the Lord Ruler comes over the hill where Kelsier's off page, and then it says he walks out from behind the cart. And if the Lord Ruler's coming over the hill, nobody's looking at Kelsier. They're all looking mm, at that carriage. Yeah. And so the, the Kandra and he could switch places at that point if somehow there's a way for the Kandra to disguise himself as Kelsier, even when Kelsier's still alive. They switch places. The Kandra walks up to the Lord Ruler because 
Kelsier makes no alimantic measure of any kind when he's in front of the Lord Ruler talking to him. Yeah, he I was about to ask that if if right. anybody remembers him using allomancy after the Lord Ruler shows no. up. No, he doesn't push right. anything. He doesn't pull anything. He doesn't. Besides being able to withstand the Lord Ruler's soothing, he doesn't do anything allomantic of any kind. All he does is say his speech and then get smacked across the face. So I'm hoping that the Kandra took the blow, that it's not even fatal to the Kandra, or if it is, you know, the Kandra's gone, whatever. I, I don't feel like, based on what we know, the little we know about these creatures, I don't feel like it would do something that would permanently kill itself unless it, unless it had some sort of huge debt to Kelsier. And I'm hoping that Kelsier is still alive and that he's going to show back up. So that's uh, that's the theory I'm hoping is is the correct one. Okay, so I'm I'm, I'm 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 curious now. Do you do you prefer that theory just because Kelsier living you want to see Kelsier alive, or do you do you, do you think like story wise that that's a better way to go? I'm just um both. I think it's because it, because what do we know okay. about Kelsier? He's a master thief. It's a very Ocean's Eleven misdirection kind of thing. It's like I'm I you think I'm dead? I'm not. I'm still alive. I'm still going to be working to stop you. But it gets the Lord Ruler off, off Kelsier's back. The Lord Ruler now thinks, mm. I finished him with my own hand. He's done. He's dead. I'm moving on. So I'm hoping, you know, that's that's the case. And I think it's a better story way to go, especially because we haven't really seen, like, besides Kelsier breaking into people's houses, killing and stealing, we haven't seen, like, a cool twist thief move, mm. really, in the book, I feel like. So this would be a really great place for that to be. And, like, the end of the book could be, like, somebody finding out Kelsier's alive and looking to Vin and being like, he's alive. He wants you to meet him at this location. You know, something like that. He wants you to meet him. Or mm -hmm. it's like – or walking into a room and they're like, I think you'll recognize our guest. And, you know, something like that. Um, so I'm thinking that maybe how the book ends, people find out that – his crew finds out that he's alive and they're going to regroup. That's what I'm hoping. But – I don't know. I feel like it would also be a good part for Kelsier to die here, especially after he's like, well, maybe I don't have to. Oh, wait. Mm. So. <laughs> that would fit with that sentence, at least. Yeah. So, OK, one thing that might or might not be relevant to that, but it occurred to me while you were giving out your theories that might have some effect on that way back at the beginning. When we're talking about uh, – we're, we're initially making the plan for how we're going to do this entire book, basically. And there uh, we, we find out that Dachshund cannot go to parties with the nobleman because he was made not long ago. And someone's like, well, we'll just send, like, Lord Renu. And Kelsier says, no, he cannot go to these parties. And they're like, well, why not? Does he not look like Lord Renu? And he's like, no, he looks exactly like Lord Renu, actually. We just can't let him get near an Inquisitor. And that's when Breeze is like, oh, one of those. So – Kelsier at least thinks that an Inquisitor, maybe not the Lord Ruler, but an Inquisitor would have been able to recognize Lord Renu for what he was. Yeah, so I don't know. That's a, I mean, that's a very good thought. I, I didn't put that together. I guess my hope would be then that the Lord Ruler feels like all creatures are so beneath him that to him it's just <laughs> like it's just another living thing. Yeah. Well, actually... he doesn't he doesn't have spikes through his eyes or anything, so maybe you know he doesn't have the same thing. Right. Wrong. Well, it's funny you should bring that up because that ties into. My thought, but we'll get to that. I just wanted to make a note of that. Okay, Joe, are, are you are you done with your predictions? Should we move on to deck? Yeah, I've 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 got it all out off my chest. I feel good. I feel good. Okay, and um and I I kind of said what I hope the ending of the book is like. So yeah, no, you 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 touched on that, which I appreciate since I asked for that. So good, good. Deck, take it away. All right. So 
as far as I think how the book is going to end, I am still convinced that they will win somehow. I'm still not entirely certain how. Okay. But so I'm going to I hadn't considered either of Joe's theories that Renault would pull a bait and switch like that, but those are good, and I I hope they are more likely than what my theory about what's going down is. So so my theory hinges on the fact that Kelsier is dead, and it it comes based off the line that the Lord Ruler looks at the dead Inquisitor and says, those are really hard to replace. Uh, Uh-oh. And the, yeah. So my thought is, like, I had the theory that maybe Marsh was being turned into an Inquisitor, and now I'm starting to think maybe I had the wrong brother. Ooh. So... I don't know. It depends on how it works. Like, if if a if a if a Kandra can or cannot use alamancy of a body that they're possessing or whatever. But my thought was like they'll take Kelsey's body and sort of reanimate him. Maybe use a Kandra to bring him back, and then he would become an Inquisitor. And maybe Shandalaria will be one as well. And that's how the Lord Ruler uh, gets uh, brings back. Um, oh wow! Yeah, that's dark. He reanimates th- dead Mistborn. Yeah, that's that's I, hella dark. <laughs> yeah. But I think that I think that actually might be the core of um, how the Inquisitors are created and why no one is entirely certain what they are. But everyone seems to think they're not human. Because I mean, like like you were saying, when the Lord Ruler got speared, and we were talking about, oh, you know, if a bot if a body stops working, then you're still screwed. They cut the head off the Inquisitor, and that stopped it moving because like a body can't really do much without a head. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Kelsey's body was intact enough. It could still be turned into it. And this could be why they were saying, like, he was saying Renault can't get close to an Inquisitor because if the, Inqu- if the Inquisitors are all Kandras, then maybe they can tell what else is a Kandra. So... Mm. Yeah, no, that would fit. Yeah. But yeah, so I think that is a possibility. I hadn't considered Joe's thought. I was like, now that, now that he said it, I'm just like, I really hope that's what happens. Because mine is super dark, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know somebody somebody taking over Kelsier's body and uh, ghosting around—that's not dark at all. Yeah. Plus, it it, <laughs> it, it, it it means that in a roundabout sort of incorrect way, I was still I would still be correct about Kelsier winding up becoming a villain. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> all of Dax's theories are just to support his other theories. So, and some some more volcanoes come into it. I'm like that guy within the Parks and Recreation meme. He's got the wall of all the papers and the red string connecting. He's like, let me tell you this. <laughs> okay, I like yours. Yours definitely went dark and like scary. Like there's there's gonna be zombies and stuff. I like it. Yeah. Okay, Jamie, what do you have? Yeah. So I with Joe's first comments about Kelsey dying and then maybe being reanimated by the Kandra, I had exactly the same thought. Um, uh, but I yeah. love your second thought about that it's actually Kelsier who's alive. I think that's brilliant. I thought the nod between Kelsier and Renault, I was that's that's one of the things that made me think Kelsier knew this was coming. Like he may not have known it was coming today, but this is the way it was always meant to go. It's like that, that nod, it's like, okay, implement whatever's coming next. We have a plan. So, yeah, that was definitely one of those things that I was like, yep, this has worked out exactly how it's meant to be. In terms of what's coming in the in the book, I think – I don't think that they will defeat the Lord Ruler in this book. I mean, we don't have a lot of time left, and mm-hmm. I think I would feel a little bit cheated if, you know, they, they've gone through this. We've just had this massive display of the Lord Ruler's power to then overthrow him in the next couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. It just feels like a total waste. 
So I don't think it's going to be as simple as that. I did laugh, actually, I think in possibly last week's episode after Shana Lariel had, had died and I, I think I said something like it wouldn't be as simple as putting a like a stake through his heart or something like that to kill him. <laughs> and then the spears went, went through him and I was like, oh, I didn't think it was actually going to happen. <laughs> but it didn't, yeah. it didn't I, work. So I had I that same thought, the same thought when you said that and I was like, oh, that's fun. Yep. <laughs> so correct. It didn't work. Does that mean one of my theories have come true? <laughs> um, we'll count it, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I still am very confident in my thoughts about Rushek being the Lord Ruler and then with the comment about the suits and then so much information about the Lord Ruler's suit, I was like, yep, I'm pretty happy with that still. Also, the description of the Lord Ruler, you know, the black hair, I was like, eh, okay, so Vin could still be his daughter. So I didn't think about her being another relation, but I definitely thought that that made sense still. That that's adding up quite nicely. So I don't really have any other predictions as such, just, I guess, comments and thoughts on, on previous predictions that we've had. But yeah, okay. I, I don't, I actually don't think we're going to see the end of this in this book. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I, I gotta say when, whenever I think the Lord Ruler after with the description with like his dark hair and his pale skin or whatever, I always get kind of like a Dracula picture maybe. Uh, or vampire <laughs> of some sort. He's all dressed in black and white too, but maybe that's just me. Okay, interesting predicaments. Um, before we move into, we have two emails this week. Before we move on to that, I want to read one more thing out of the uh, annotations from this last section here. He says that Kelsier saving Ellen in this chapter was indeed something of an homage to Les Mis. I figured there's actors in in the, in the room. You guys might enjoy that. Uh, sure. He says yeah, it was one of his favorite classics. Oh, classics. God, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that Ellen's own character with his group of idealistic noble friends was partially inspired by Marius and his cohorts. Oh, my God. <laughs> he cracked the case. <laughs> Needs more Hugh Jackman. <laughs> uh, what is it? What's his prisoner number? Two four six zero one. Yeah, two four six zero one. So we're gonna jump into emails, right? Yeah. So um, I just wanted to mention something <clears throat> that we mentioned like on our first two episodes, but to anybody who like for whatever reason picked this up in the middle, we mentioned this like I said in the first couple episodes, but we 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 do record um like a week ahead. So if you Mm -hmm. send us an email, I promise you, Data promises you, I'm sure, that he will read your email, that we will get to it. It just may not be on the episode after you wrote it because we're we're a little bit ahead. Yeah, I had somebody send me a comment on Reddit where he's like, yeah, you know, this probably won't make – I think you guys said you record like six weeks in advance. And I was like, man, I wish. Six weeks or something. (laughs) We're like one week ahead. Uh, I, I have one in the can ready to publish when we record the next one. So we're ahead, but not, not. I wish we were that far. But no, I, I actually don't because it's nice to have some emails that are just a little bit out of step, but not too out of step, which is a perfect note for this week because there's a theme to our two emails and they are very much about the last episode to have aired. Uh, these the, This week, our, our theme is People Love Jamie. So uh, Yay. <laughs> first, first email is from Angela who sent us emails a couple times before, and the subject is Jamie's book report. (laughs) She says, 
She says, hello, just wanted to send a gold star to Jamie this week. I will refrain from commenting on accuracy of her predictions, but I was very impressed with the strength and of her well-constructed argument. This is, by the way, the last episode to air was where Jamie had her theory about Rorschach and had all the, the quotes and stuff to back it up. That's what people are referring to in case you three have forgotten. <laughs> Uh, so she says, I love the quotes and the fact that her theory was more than just one predicted future event. The explanation of the domino effect from her prediction of the Lord Ruler's identity to the enslavement of the Ska and the oppression of the terrorism was entertaining and completely logical. As a teacher who hasn't given a grade in months, I'd like to hand out an A+. <laughs> Thanks, Angela. That's awesome. <laughs> and then Angela says, everyone else did a great job, too. <laughs> So, yeah, that was a fun one. And the next one is uh, sort of similar. So uh, <laughs> this one is from Alex. And Alex says, hey, guys, just want to say I've really been enjoying the podcast. I often listen while rocking my youngest to sleep or taking a jog, jog at the end of the day and always put a smile on my face. Uh, keep up the good work. I look forward to l- listening to the next episodes. Also, I must say I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with Jamie's research and theory in the recent predicament section. Tell her to keep it up and that her man is going to have to step up his game and do better than volcanoes. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Burn. Burn. Eh? So everyone oh, loves Jamie so, <laughs> last, last week, Joe had fans. This week, Jamie had fans. And I just get shit on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> There's, it's, you need more Zoidberg. That's what it is. Zoidberg. You all you still, all have, still Zoid- have Zoidberg. Yeah, exactly. You all still have Zoidberg. I love that. So thank you, Angela and Alex. We appreciate your your emails. And uh, Alex, t- tell your youngest that we said hi while you're rocking them to sleep. I have two that have to be rocked to sleep occasionally too. I get it. Uh, if anyone else wants to send us an email. It's thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can tweet us at thesanderlanch. You can Facebook us, thesanderlanch. You can find us on Instagram. Also, shockingly, thesanderlanch. It's the same everywhere, people. <laughs> it's all one word. No underscores or spaces or anything like that. If you can't find it, try to respell sanderlanch is what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> there is an E at the end of sanderlanch, just, uh, like, just like avalanche, in case anyone was wondering. I have to throw that out there every once in a while. Avalanche? Are we talking about Final Fantasy VII again? and i actually i meant to read off like a couple of weeks ago i said somebody sent me a message on reddit and i meant to read it to you guys and i'd kind of uh, forgotten because my reddit messages kind of fall out of my mind after i respond to them but that one was uh, a guy telling us and i can't bring it up now because i don't have reddit open but uh telling us how much he enjoyed the show and wondering if maybe we had thought about speeding things up a little bit and he's like i bet a lot of us would enjoy two episodes a week and i was like oh wow I was like, I, I I would love to go faster a little bit, man, but uh, it's hard enough finding time for people on opposite sides of the world to, like, do one episode a week. And if we try to stick more into a single episode, we'd be really long episodes. So, you know, we, we've thought about it, but I don't know that it's going to happen. There's a pretty unique window in time zones that works yeah. as well. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You guys come to us from the future, if you know, if you live here. <laughs> We come Welcome to you from the past. To the world of tomorrow. There you go. That's the Futurama <laughs> we needed. Uh, so yes, uh, I, I really doubt we're going to be able to squeeze out any more in a week, but uh, not because we don't want to. Glad, glad that they glad like that. us so much that they want more of us a week. Right? That's what I yeah, said. I was like, that's, yeah. 
That's what I was about to say. Thank you guys for for listening. I mean, I'm, I'm that's awesome that you want more of us. But I know I I can barely deal deal with myself for like 90 minutes to 120 minutes a week. So yeah, as I've been told repeatedly by my wife, like you know, <laughs> I, I'm good in small doses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think that about wraps up. Um, everyone loves Jamie, and uh, me and Dak uh, get left out. It's fine. Dak gets specifically called out for his volcano shortage. Or yeah, I already knew like... my wife is cooler than me. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Oh, gosh. So uh, anybody have anything else you want to throw out there before we head out? What are we listening, uh, reading next week? Oh, thank you very much. Next week, you're back to two <laughs> chapters. Those would be chapters 35 and 36 at this point. And then, in case anyone's wondering, since we only have two episodes left, the next episode is going to be the next two chapters, 37 and 38, and then the epilogue. We'll do – the epilogue isn't really long enough, I think, in some – it's not as long as some chapters, so it might not even really count as – it's like two and a half chapters. But so two chapters for next week, two and a half for the week after that, and then we are done with this book. Wow. Damn. How exciting! It's been it's 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 been a road. Although sometimes it feels like no time has passed at all. Yeah, I feel like it's still March, right? We've been locked down this <laughs> whole time. Dead. Oh, March is dead. Oh, no, not March, March. <laughs> March. He's gone. If he's dead. If he's yeah, dead. Yeah, if that's if true. He's, <laughs> he's either dead or he's a spike face. I mean, wait, let's wait. face it. <laughs> we didn't we didn't, didn't really come up in predicaments. Did somebody have a theory about Marsh other than uh, the possibility oh, I, that maybe he was an Inquisitor? Uh, I, I sort of brought up when we found his body. I was like, oh, you know, he, he might be dead, but like the body is unrecognizable. It might just be a decoy body, and he, he could right, still right. be – he still so could be being tortured somewhere. Or he's just in a cell or – I don't know. I'm not sure if he's dead. He could be. He may not be. I don't know. Both I've got brothers. my tinfoil hat on. Lost both of the brothers this week. It's very, um, it's very sad. I'm gonna go with. Yeah. We'll see Kelsier again, but Mar- Marsh is dead. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we're gonna find out pretty soon because in two weeks we will be done with this book, and you guys will have gotten to find out the truth. So, okay, everybody, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Music by Miracle of Sound. If you uh, uh, in, if you enjoy uh, the Trigun English dub, everybody love and Is it different in, in Japanese? Does he not say love and peace? I, I just assume. Okay. <laughs>